0: Distazapod number 151, just a little quick update for you guys. I'm midstream in a lot of different projects. Very interesting time. And of course, we have the countdown to Toy Pizza Con Online 2020. This is the one time of year where we finally get to shine. And uh, I gotta tell you, it's gonna be monumental. I know every time we talk it seems like uh, I'm at an incredible crossroads in terms of busyness, the amount of projects, the different types of figures coming out, the comics, everything else. Uh, <laughs> but it's true, and I am speaking to you from a point where it's still moving at hyperspeed. It really is. Now, we should all feel very accomplished because we got through two very big sales that we had to do, we had the Dr. Mad sale, and of course we did the Subsidy Supply Drop finale, which released a bunch of figures that people were waiting on very patiently since last year, and we can finally close the chapter and conclude that half of the year, um, those 12 months or so, and we can kind of open up a new chapter, which will kick off with Toy Pizza Con which uh, is only a handful of days away. It's getting to be a very exciting time. Now that um, all of the orders from the Subsidy Supply Drop finale are packed up, there's still a couple stragglers waiting to be picked up by USPS, no surprise there. But generally, that's off my plate and I feel a big sigh of relief. That was, that was a big one, it was very complicated. There were a lot of old orders I had to sort of pull up and a lot of new orders to combine them with x y and z quick side note um as some people have pointed out our shipping software tends to combine orders that sometimes ship separately or have already shipped um i am in the process of sort of interviewing a couple freelancers who are very good at back-end things uh a lot of them utilizing zapier which is a sort of a program that writes automatic prompt who who gives a shit boring stuff anyway uh, I'm working on it trying to get it solved so sometimes you may get no shipping notification sometimes you may get a shipping notification that combines orders that don't ship together Um, I'm aware of it I'm sorting it out I hope you know that's uh, one thing that we can we can sort of check off the list but uh, we got that order out of the way so that's very good that was that was one that was really hovering over me for a long time in terms of uh, the sheer amount of time it was going to take to do. And we've accomplished that. Um, Toy Pizza Con is warming up. Nikki and I did a couple test streams last night. It looks like we got the software working well. The audio is good. Um, There will be a sort of presentation along with our one-hour live stream. And at the end of it, I will open up the store and let you guys have at it with all the exclusives. For the patrons, you know I have outlined what the bundle of exclusives is going to be. I hope to launch that in the next couple days. Um, There is a limited number of these bundles. There is not enough for all 155 of our patrons, but not all 155 of our patrons buy product, to be honest. There are, let's see, I would say about 10 to 20% just support Patreon just because they like it. They might listen to a distaza um, They're not sort of active consumers. And then I would say about 80% of you guys really, really turn up for every sale, um, which is, of course, appreciated. So uh, you should be able to get your hands on a bundle. I'm not really revealing anything ahead of time, um, partially because I need every second I can get. To work on these photos for the store and for the live stream. Um, That is sort of the bigger priority. The other thing is, at this point we're five and a half years in, tonight's of the slice. Uh, I feel I have delivered on any blind item that I've offered you guys. I I know not everybody has been 100% happy when an item is blind and they buy it and they get it. But I would say 99% of people typically trust my taste level and the things I put together as a surprise. And uh, I got to tell you, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. This is a really, this is a profound bundle. I'm, I'm really, I'm actually releasing a couple things early that I wanted to hold off until later in the year. But I just felt like they were so compelling. And Toy Pizza Con is such a big, important time. I wanted to... Just put out our best styles possible. And I think that'll be reflected when you see what this assortment is. It's, it's really spectacular. There's some special things there. Uh, there is a, a pretty long short story that ties together the majority of the characters that are part of this bundle. So there is a kind of cohesive narrative that runs through it. Um, if you didn't see my post, I am also going to re-release the Steel Saima although she is in a different configuration. And that configuration is because of... There, there are narr- narrative reasons for her different configuration, which you will see um, around the time of Toy Pizza Con. Um, there's going to be... There's actually going to be a couple new short stories on the website, and I'll make sure I highlight those when the store opens back up on July 11th. Um, really good storytelling. I'm, I'm proud of it. I think it's, it's pretty great. So that's Toy Pizza Con. We're getting closer and closer. There are... I should say there... Yeah, I would say there are. Not there is. There are mysteries that will finally be revealed at Toy Pizza Con during this live stream. I'm very excited for it. I feel like I've been sitting on things and i'm naturally not one who can keep a secret when it's something exciting but um we're near the time where finally it's going to pay off and you're going to get to see behind the curtain and uh i think you guys you're going to agree we're going to talk again after toy pizza con and i think we'll all be in agreement that that was that was a very singular moment that changed nights of the slice forever And I think you will see, you'll understand this post-TPC. And I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, For those who have asked, the investment in the iPad and the Apple Pencil was definitely a good one. Uh, I have been doing a ton of art with it. A lot of that art is going to be shown in the short stories that I put up uh, for TPC. Um, I've spent the last three days... Absolutely cramming through a ton of new orders for new product. Um, I with there there is a sort of one shipment ready to leave Hong Kong in the next couple days. When I have that, I have sort of everything I need. Uh, I have you know I said previously last week I I got the items I need for the rest of the year, and that's true. I have a couple stragglers that are on the way to me those stragglers sort of beef up the year so I can do two releases a month maybe instead of one. Uh, and then in these past couple days, I've I just felt very inspired and c- have come up with a bunch of interesting designs, some of them which sort of crossbreed parts, which is not something I do a ton of, but I'm really feeling particular colors. And it's very interesting to see how that color looks on a Knight versus X, Y, and Z. And so I think there's going to be some cross-pollinization that happens with this next water that I'm placing. Um, I'm also trying to, you know, we I've talked before about this 10-year goal to kind of move away from such a heavy reliance on cheap third-world labor. And hopefully within that 10 years' time, technology domestically improves so that I can... Manufacture and print more here stateside through 3D printing technology. Um, Part of me making this other order for these new supplemental styles is trying to play that long game. You know, some of this stuff may not get used for a year or two. And uh, I think by taking these modest, sort of modest risks on these styles, which I may not utilize for quite some time. It sort of insulates me from, you know, the irregularities that may happen with third-world manufacturing. And it also builds up a little bit of inventory that when I do stop having things manufactured overseas as the ultimate goal, um, I will still have base bodies in which I can, you know, have a a sort of cost-effective foundation to add extra parts... That may be sort of sourced or done here stateside. All of this is incredibly theoretical and, uh, you know, should be sort of taken with a grain of salt. But it's just kind of where my head has been lately. Like, what is the, as our planet dies (laughs) and as more and more structures become unstable, how do I navigate that? And how do I sort of, you know, stop using such exploitative things it's my philosophical concern anyway so i jam through a dozen or so mechanical drawings typically i would take a couple weeks to do those with this ipad and the the pencil i can just burn through them pretty quick fire them off for a quotation and we're good um we talked about short stories comic books are also on the forefront right now uh, as i've outlined before there are several long-form comic projects going on. We're getting very, very close to Malignant Bullet, or what I am now calling Rex Cannon, the Indestructible Man, just sticking with that sort of basic broad title for this trade paperback. Uh, we are very, very close to that totally being done. Uh, I have a great sort of editor and formatter on board. He's gonna pull everything into the right forms and make sure the bleeds are correct and All that good stuff that I don't have a mind for. Um, Gavin has actually come back for one last gig to do the cover. I showed a little sneak of Johan Ulrich's really beautiful acrylic painted cover. That's going to be the back cover of the book. Gavin Mackey has stepped up and we've decided mutually that he needs to just do one last piece. I know he's exhausted from working on this book for the past seven months or so, however long. But he's come back, he's put together a really fantastic cover, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's adding the final inks to it as we speak. Um, There are other comic projects as well that are going to sort of manifest. I don't yet know if this Rex and trade is going to be part of Toy Pizza Con or not. We're down to the wire. Um, It just depends on, do we get it wrapped up this week? Do I get a quotation from the printer? Do I know what I'm looking at for a unit cost? And if so, is that something I can roll into uh, the Toy Pizza Con celebration? My goal is to have a secret figure that will go to anybody who pre-orders this book. Uh, I'm probably going to do a print run in the low hundreds. The book is black and white with full color back and front covers. and we're going to see what the appetite is. Everybody's been asking for printed comics. This will be use guys' chance to prove that this is a viable project. And if it goes smashingly well, I'll keep doing reprints. I will move to a color version of it. Um, and I will release additional comic books. But you can see my hesitation in jumping into this previously is largely about the amount of time it takes i have to go back and check but i think gavin started on this rex and story i want to say in october or november i don't know if that's if that's 100 correct but um he's been working on it for a very long time The story itself i have been writing and rewriting and redoing for 13 years so it's these things take so much time. It's just so... It's so incredibly intensive. And... Uh, you know, that's that's part of my... I guess, reticence at these comic projects. But at the same time, I really feel obligated. I, I have to exercise these demons. These stories I have to tell. I gotta get them out there. And... Even if it's something I lose money on, it's really... It's an important endeavor for me. Because... These stories are just rattling around in my brain, and I gotta get them out there. It's uh, if you know that that creative burn and creative desire, you know, it, part of it is uncomfortable until you can bring to fruition these ideas. It's it's almost anxiety-inducing. It's a sort of pressure on the back of your brain, and so we're almost there. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great to share these comments with you. I actually went to a GameStop the other day, wearing my mask, of course. And uh, I hadn't been in one in, I don't know, since January, maybe? And uh, they didn't have much in stock, but they did have the cyberpunk... 2049 or whatever the whatever the year is uh they had the keanu reeves figure from McFarlane toys now i bought some McFarlane six or seven inch figures recently and uh it's been a disappointing experience to be honest i bought the uh i think he's called havoc from fortnite uh not a good figure especially when you compare it to the six inch jazz Wars figures which i think are really quite great with the exception of the jointed fingers which myself and Dan Larson hate, you know, we, we're unified in that hatred, um, so I was a little hesitant, but I figured I may never come across this figure again, I have nothing else going on, I love Keanu, everybody loves Keanu, his character looks interesting, I think this is a game I will uh, buy and play, because it's it's got all the things I like, Uh, So I rolled the dice and I bought it and I gotta tell you this is a really fantastic figure for McFarlane standards I would highly recommend it. There is a... Now, I I was a backer of the spawn Kickstarter and I was sort of hesitant about the Torso which has been a bit of a controversy for people Uh, and I'm... I've only sort of breezed through his updates and stuff so I may be getting this wrong but from my understanding, the torso uh, features a sort of inner armature and the torso itself is a softer plastic that allows for a range of movement. Even though the sculpt is kind of odd, it's, it's a bit ajar, you know. They're going for a dynamic pose, which I, I personally I don't think works really well. Uh, but if I'm extrapolating this correctly, this Keanu figure features what that uh, chest articulation may be. He's wearing a sort of flak vest, which is very, very soft plastic. And his sort of crotch piece also has a soft geronomer of plastic. And then there is a inner armature that allows him to bend and, uh, oops, I just dropped a piece off. (laughs) And kind of click into place. And normally that doesn't work really well. You know, there's some really bad examples of that. Um, on this figure, it works great. They they really pulled it off nicely. The articulation is very smooth on this as well. The paint is crisp. It's not cracking, which, you know, historically, has been a problem for me with McFarlane figures I've bought. Um, I really, really dig this. And he also comes with a guitar. He's got a hand, like, perfectly posed to, you know, with his fingers pressing down on the frets to a jam tune I, I think it's it's really great so I would recommend this figure I can't speak to the quality of the other character that they have out there which I think is the protagonist of the uh, video game but this one is pretty damn cool he also has red clear tinted glasses um, pretty crisp sort of uh, tattoo temple prints on there you know I I I've always guessed that there are certain lines from McFarland that he allows to be articulated by a team in China. And then there are certain lines that are put together by a Western or US team. And I don't know why I think that just, I guess, because I've i have seen the difference myself in the projects I've managed. There are some times when you have no choice but to have the factory people add the articulation to a sculpt. And there are... You know, the ideal times when you can kind of make those decisions here stateside. And I feel like, without knowing anything, this is just my own conjecture, I feel like a lot of McFarland figures, the files sent over there, and they're asked, you know, to chop it up, as opposed to having all those things set and then giving the full picture to China. And if I had to guess, I would say that this um, Keanu figure was articulated... Stateside, with then China being directed in, you know, the exact way to uh, sort of translate that into the final product. But what the fuck do I know? I'm just guessing here. In any case, I would say this is a, this toy is like a eight or a nine. It's really quite nice. Um, highly recommended. If you do see it, pick it up. I know that they're doing a later re-release of this figure with different accessories because. I'm sure they're anticipating this is going to be hard to come by, or, you know, a big seller, and I think they would be right. But um, it's pretty damn cool. So pick it up. I have a new obsession, which is, in, in truth, the entire reason why I'm recording this now, because I just wanted to talk about... This property that I'm thoroughly obsessed with. (laughs) Uh, Mostly because Olivia's sick of hearing it. Doro Hidoro on Netflix. Um, What a fantastic, absolutely fantastic anime series. And I am a believer that 99.9% of anime is absolute shit. And I am correct in that assertion. However, there are really stunning examples of the medium and of the genre... That I think just are so fantastic in in ways that can't work in any other form. And I think that Doro Hidoro is one of those. Now, to start at the beginning, uh, I first saw the character Kamen, which is probably familiar to you guys. He is in this, he's a big, bulky character in a sort of leather black jumpsuit with knives and. A kind of iguana head with spikes. You've probably seen it and not known what it was from. That was the case for me anyway. Several years ago, uh, in viewing uh, Wonderfest photos, I saw that character. I didn't know who he was. I couldn't find any additional information, as is often the case with Wonderfest and these small sort of projects that the toy makers, you know, put out there. But I was instantly captivated by this character and there was a long history in ancient myth about this this idea of a humanoid body with a transformed animal head. There's there's deep significance to this in our collective unconsciousness. Um, you can think of the Minotaur. That's a great example. Think of Nick Bottom in Shakespeare's Midsummer Night Dream with the Head of an Ass. This is a this is a very common Archetype, and I think it's it's important. It 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 has deep significance, and uh, that is the character Caiman. You know, he has been cursed by a sorcerer, and he has this sort of lizard head. And it's such fantastic character design that you're instantly drawn into this, without necessarily knowing what it's from. Um, It would be many years until I figured out what this character was called, but at that point, it was only a manga, and it was only Japanese, so I never really was able to follow up on it. I did see quite a few, well, not quite a few, a scant few uh, collectibles, notably one sort of stationary PVC statue where he's wearing big sneakers, really great pose. A a statue that I'm still trying to track down to this day, but it does go for quite a bit of money. Um, And then... 3A, uh, sorry, 3-0. Also, have done a 12-inch version. The initial one apparently was done just for the author of the manga, who is a female, by the way. And I think that comes into play later on. Um, and but it does appear that they're doing not only a caiman figure, but also Shin uh, sometime this fall. And uh, I might have to do it. But I, I'm hoping there's some smaller scale collectibles of these characters because it is. It's really fantastic, but here's why I think this anime is so great. This anime has some of the best characterizations ever. Some of the best characters. These are characters that sort of experience joy in every single episode even through these really sort of terrible and bloody conflicts Each and every character on the good side and the bad side. They all have things they love They all have things they enjoy. They all indulge in pleasures Um, And they're all extremely likable the bad guys are extremely likable the good guys are extremely likable Cayman, the character is just this big oaf and he's easily excitable. And he sort of, he has a wonderful physicality to his character design, but he is not the best fighter in the world, and he gets his ass kicked quite a bit. It's not much of a spoiler alert. Um, You know, there are, he's not, your main character is not the most powerful character in the world, and he's not even the most powerful character amongst the group of main characters (laughs) and his friends which I think is very interesting. Um, The voice acting is really great. I I can't speak to what the Japanese voice acting translation is, but um, the American voice that they got is really good. He sounds like a lovable oaf, which is what he is. Um, The second reason why I think this is such a fantastic series is the female characters are incredible. And they're incredible for several reasons. One, because... They're not treated like two-dimensional beings. And I think this this plays to the strength of having a female creator of this series, which I was surprised to learn because it is incredibly gory. <laughs> but um, you know, there's there's really kind of two female leads, and they are not your typical anime heroines in that they're not 12 years old, they're not schoolgirls, they're not shy, they're not over sexualized. I guess you could argue there's three female main characters but uh, you know for this part anyway um, these are also like jacked women they're very muscular they're incredible fighters they're far more powerful than Cayman is and it is it is so interesting in such a stark contrast to see such rich backstory and wants and needs and desires and individual pleasure that these women sort of have in their day-to-day lives. You have Nakaido, who is Gaiman's best friend, and they have a interesting, uh, friendly, could-become-romantic could dynamic to them, which I appreciate. I think it's good. It's different. Um, she owns her own restaurant, she loves to cook, and she's incredibly badass at fighting and eviscerating foes. And it's just such a, a sharp contrast to you know, you take the female characters from Evangelion um, she's in stark contrast to that she, she's much more fleshed out, she's much more interesting, she's much more captivating to sort of follow along not to say that like Ray and you know the whole cavalcade of women in Evangelion are better than most depictions of women in anime, I would say that Hedorohedoro does so much more service to uh, these characters than something like Evangelion did. Even, you know, Cowboy Bebop, which I think is probably pound for pound the best anime. You know, Faye has some level of depth, some level of backstory. She still kind of falls into the stereotypical tropes of a female anime character between, you know, her waistline, waist-to-bust ratio and, you know, duplicitous nature and all, all those sort of things that they, they can't seem to get out of within the genre. And that's just simply not the case in Doro Hodoro. Then you have Noe, who is this towering female, just completely muscle-bound. And you actually, a bit of a spoiler alert here, you do not know that this character is female uh, with your first encounter with her. And I think that plays to the strength of this. Um, really, really fantastic character. And, and just when you think you know a little bit about her, they do the deep dive into her backstory, and she comes from a completely different place than you had sort of anticipated. Um, but it's just it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. And, and to have all these characters that you're following and then finally get them to a scene where they get to interact with each other is, is truly a joy. Uh, In Scott McCloud's Making Comics, which I really recommend, all of Scott McCloud's sort of tutorials about drawing and and the the craft of comic books, uh, I think are hugely important. And he talks about uh, when it comes to manga, that they lean heavily or they utilize small real world details, especially when it comes to sort of food, right? Like real life experiences and interests of the average Japanese person. and I always love those flourishes to uh, manga and anime because I think they're super important, even if we don't entirely understand those. You can think of, like, Miyazaki and um, the bathhouses or the, the big spreads of food that he has in his pictures, right? Like, that's a, that's a very easy demonstration of this. And I think that Doro Hadoro, one of the underpinnings of this story is the food, right? Because you have a character that owns a restaurant, and then you have the other side of this world where dining is such an extravagant and and joyful thing, and a lot of this is based on food. And it's, it's very interesting for me with the sort of nice slice universe, which the principal brick in that wall is, you know, food as a religion. This anime really sort of explores that and i love just high detailed drawings of you know bowls of ramen and they share recipes and stuff like that i i think that's that's fantastic that's great it really fills in the idea of uh of these characters and what they like and what they eat you know it's often glossed over especially in western works you know what are people sort of eating, I guess that's the Puritans in us, right? It would just be like white bread sandwich with a single slice of craft cheese. Not much joy in that, is there? But what I think the uh, the strongest suit of Doro Hodoro is, is that it actually has really good, really acute politics to it. And they may not be so overt when you watch it. And that's good. I think that's, you know, that's a very good way to approach Politics. But the world of Doro Hidoro is very much about the haves and the have nots, the elites and the working class. In this case, there is a literal divide between worlds. There's the world of the sorcerer and the world of the whole. And the whole is where uh, Kaiman sort of resides and works essentially as a janitor at a hospital, you know, very blue collar sort of pursuit. And the dynamics between these two worlds are really deftly handled because it's not it's not so over the top and uh you know pedantic that you can't enjoy the story itself it's not distracting it's simply an element that exists and enforces the sort of world and the view of the characters that live in each of these worlds simultaneously and i think it's just it's really brilliant and It's very relevant, I think, to what we are experiencing and the issues that we're kind of debating over and we're trying to consider and trying to be, trying to critique. Um, So I really super appreciate that because I don't think that that's something I've really seen explored too much in anime, especially modern anime. I guess like most of the protagonists are government employees usually right they they work for a big shadow uh, government that that owns giant mecca i mean i guess cowboy bebop are considered you know blue collar scavengers in, in some respects but um i really appreciate that i thought that this was uh it was such an interesting way to do it and much like the movie parasite which granted is korean um there's not a necessary demonization of the sorcerer's world. It does seem actually quite fantastic and it would be a blast to be there. And there is this great scene where Cayman is in the sorcerer world and he's walking around and he's actually enamored with what he's seeing. He's experiencing joy at this sort of festive environment. Um, so I really appreciated that and I thought that it just It stacks so many great things into one gyoza, if you will. One stuffed gyoza. Um, And I just felt compelled to share that with you. I I think you guys should definitely dig in and watch it. There are 12 episodes. It's on Netflix. Um, I'm not quite done. I'm getting close to the end. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting to the conclusion of it. Also, if for some reason any of you out there happen to have one of these expensive Cayman figures that were released earlier, be it the 3-0 or the uh, sort of stationary, statuesque version of him, hit me up. I'll make you rich in Knights of the Slice in ways you can't imagine. So that's it folks, just some things I had on my mind. I'm going to, uh, trying to do a quote-unquote vacation up until Toy Pizza Con. That just basically means I'm going to try to keep the store closed as much as possible and not have to worry about fulfillment, and take these next 10 days or so and just kind of breathe, dig into my sketchbook, think about everything that's coming in, think about what new stories I have to tell, and kind of have a little bit of space to, you know, reignite my creativity, if you will. Um, I'm going to get you your Patreon-exclusive bundle offer pretty soon. We'll get that wrapped up. And then, of course, Action Figure of the Month July, I'm aiming to get those in people's hands starting on the 6th. So, got a little bit of work to do in the near future to set that up and get it ready for you guys. I think you're going to love it. I think it could be our best month yet, so I'm excited for that. Um, that's it, folks. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask and pizza out.